Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 177. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Notebooking Pages. Do you want a way to teach all your ages and stages together in your homeschool with the exact same material? Plus, do you want a simple way to keep your kids engaged and actively learning? Then Notebooking Pages are your answer. Learn how you can simplify your homeschooling, save tons of money by using living books instead of expensive textbooks, plus you'll have a better grasp of whether or not your kids actually understand the material compared to a really dry and boring multiple choice test that comes with a lot of curriculum. So if you love the idea of looking into notebooking, you'll want to grab your free pages at 41more.com forward slash notebooking. Hello and welcome to episode 177. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 177. Today I wanted to chat about why I'm an eclectic homeschooler. Now, I'm not out here to change your mind or persuade you or say you've got to do what I'm doing. I'm basically here because some of you need some inspiration. You need some understanding of different ways you can homeschool. This is especially helpful episode if you're a new homeschooler and all the different methodologies kind of don't make a lot of sense to you and you're trying to find your way. This is also going to be a helpful episode for you if you've been homeschooling for a few years and what you're doing isn't quite working and you need to understand another way to do things. So If some of these homeschooling styles are new to you and you don't really understand them all, I want you to head on over to the show notes again at 41more.com forward slash 177 and download our free ebook, The Essential Guide to Homeschool Methods. In that ebook, I will explain the different methods that are most popular in the homeschool world, different curriculum companies that fit with each of those methods, and where to learn more. So today I'm just talking about our history and kind of my advice as a homeschool mom who who's been doing this for a while. And so this is why I'm an eclectic homeschooler. The first reason I'm an eclectic homeschooler is pretty obvious, I guess, as soon as you're a parent, but it didn't dawn on me with homeschooling for some reason. The first reason is that no two kids are alike. Well, duh, no two kids are alike. It's just funny. When I homeschooled my oldest, I did a certain thing. And then I expected that what I did with him would work with every other child in my home because it worked with the first one. Why wouldn't it work with everyone else? Everyone is different. Some kids have learning struggles. Some kids, you know, do they just have different ways of learning? It just doesn't always work. You can't always do the same thing for every kid. And so when this finally dawned on me, I realized, okay, I really can change things up as needed for each of my kids. And if you want to learn more about this kind of thought process of what are the strengths of my child? What are their weaknesses? How can I play to their strengths? 
you know, shore them up in their weaknesses. You will love episode 131, where we discuss with Dr. Kathy Cook about the eight great smarts and how they apply to homeschooling. So head on over to 41more.com forward slash 131 to check out that episode. But I guess just the first basic idea is no two kids are alike. And this is why I don't say, okay, we are all in with the classical method, or we are all in with the textbook approach, because while one kid might love filling out workbooks all day with a textbook approach, probably 95% of the other kids are going to hate it. So I just don't do the same thing for everyone. And we'll talk about this next point. I also don't do the same thing every year. So being an eclectic homeschooler, I just feel like it gives me the freedom not to feel like, okay, I have to do this one method, this one publisher, I'm stuck with this. I just feel like it gives me the freedom to say, hey, we did this, it didn't work, we're going to change it. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm obligated to stick with any one curriculum or any one methodology, really. So that's the first reason. Number two, the reason why I'm an eclectic homeschooler is because my seasons of life change. When I had all a whole bunch of littles, we did a lot more Charlotte Mason kind of approach, hands-on. We learned together. It was much more hands-on and experiential. You know, when my kids are high schoolers, they're doing dual enrollment. They're pretty much in a traditional textbook approach for their homeschooling. You know, my fourth grader this year, she's my youngest of five, this is the fifth time I've homeschooled fourth grade and almost nothing has remained the same as when I homeschooled her brothers. And that's just because seasons of life change. She's kind of on her own. Whereas when my boys did fourth grade, they were all kind of closer in age and we could do things together where she's a little more independent. So it's just things change. Or I found better curriculum in the last 10 years than, than when I started homeschooling fourth grade at the beginning, right? She's also homeschooling a lot differently than my 12th grader. Like I already said, my high schoolers are much more traditional textbook approach. My fourth grader, she's still doing a mix of notebooking and, you know, hands-on and that kind of thing. So we're just picking and choosing depending on our season of life. Some of you, if you're in a season with a new baby, you might gravitate toward a really structured textbook approach because you feel like you want your kids to have that structure, while others of you with a new baby are going to gravitate toward a Montessori or Charlotte Mason approach because you feel like it's more gentle and flexible and laid back. It kind of depends on your personality and, and what makes you feel, you know, like you have enough security and structure in your homeschool method to help you through your season of life. So it's really different for everyone. But I love the eclectic way of homeschooling because I don't feel like I'm stuck and I can change it year to year, child to child, and that's kind of how we do it. Number three, the other reason that we're eclectic homeschoolers is because we can pick the best from each style without feeling like we have to go all in. So an example of this is the Charlotte Mason method would really um, use narration. And we love narration. We use it in all, especially like science, Bible, uh, history. We use narration a lot um, with all different ages. And so I love that. But we're not all in on the Charlotte Mason because while we probably should do nature journaling, we just don't. Or while we probably should have poetry teas like Charlotte Mason wants you to, we just don't. Like, it's just not our style. We just haven't done it. We haven't gotten into that, you know. So I don't have to feel like Charlotte Mason is glaring at me because I'll use narration, but I won't use her other ideas. See what I mean? We just choose what will fit and work with us and toss the rest. You don't have to feel guilty about it. 
Another example of picking the best from certain styles is like, say, from the classical approach, we might use their great books list to pick what our kids are reading, but we're probably not going all in on the Latin in the elementary years. And again, maybe we should, maybe Latin would be great for them in the elementary years, but we just don't do it. Or for math, we are all in on textbook style because we have loved using BJU Press and it's very much a traditional style. And then the older kids sometimes spin off to CTC math, which is online, but still a pretty traditional style. But we that's about the only subject that we're really textbooky. So we pick and choose, you know, for each subject what we feel like is the best for the kids. The other thing you could do is you do the best for each kid, and you could have a mix in your own household. So if you have a kindergartner, you might say, Hey, we are totally doing a hands-on Montessori approach with our kindergartner but his 10th grade sibling is going to do a total textbook approach and you can mix it like that in your in your same household. So you don't have to say, hey, we're going all in on this method and everyone's doing it. You can pick and choose, pick the best you like from each style and ignore the rest. So that's where I love the eclectic approach. Here's another big reason why I'm an eclectic homeschooler. It's the budget. Have you ever looked at the prices from some curriculum publishers, you know, for one kid to get everything for, you know, whatever grade it is, I mean, some of them are like $800 or more for just this one child to go all in with their methodology. And maybe you have the money for it and you are happy to spend that money for quality education. Go for it. But we have never spent that kind of money. We are really trying to be on the more thrifty side of it. I think the most expensive homeschool year for us was with five kids. And I think my oldest had probably just started high school. So I needed to get a few, a course or two for him that I didn't already have. And that one year for five kids was about $500 total. Now this didn't include music lessons and probably like our gym class at the YMCA, but it was all the at-home resources and courses. And it was just about $500 total for five kids. And so we are definitely on the more thrifty end of things. And I find that being an eclectic homeschooler allows you to be more budget conscious and you know much more thrifty with spending your money because you're not feeling like you have to buy a whole curriculum package to fit a certain methodology. And so, you know, you can do a little of this and a little of that. Like I said, you can not purchase fourth grade in a box, for example. So let me give you an example of our fourth grade eclectic year this year. And I'll link to this in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 177 if you want to look at the specifics of what we're doing for fourth grade. But for science and history, we're doing notebooking and we're using like, so for history, we're using the Tuttle Twins book, like their new American history book. And with science, we're using Apologia. And so those would kind of count more like living books. They're not really textbooky, and we're using notebooking with that. And remember, you can get free notebooking pages, which I mentioned at the beginning. Make sure you do that. And then we use a lot of narration with um, with our Bible. Um, we do that. Plus, we use narration, of course, with our science and history. So that would be like notebooking is Charlotte Mason, narration is Charlotte Mason, We use fix-it grammar for our English lessons, for our grammar, and those are short lessons. Um, We are reading and narrating books. Like, so right now she's reading Stuart Little. And so all of that is a very relaxed approach. It's very much easy to use with what we have on hand. It's not very expensive at all. 
And then the only thing that is a textbook approach, like I said, is our math, which is BJU Press. And so that's kind of an example of our fourth grade eclectic plan for this year, which we've just gotten into about a week or two here. But once again, if you want to learn more about each method and maybe see what you can change up, if something's not working for you, make sure you download our methods guide and you can find it in the show notes. So here's the basic bottom line. Just research, look into all the other styles that resonate most with you. So maybe you're drawn to one of them naturally, but if you can't see yourself going all in with one method, Go ahead and choose what you like the best and create your own eclectic homeschool plan. So you can still purchase done-for-you lessons and curriculum if you don't want to DIY at all. There are places to get that, and my, my guide will have links for you to check out for different ideas. Another great place to check out different resources is Kathy Duffy's website, and we talked to Kathy Duffy in episode 116, which you can also find at 41more.com forward slash 116 because Kathy is a, like she has been around forever in the homeschooling world and her whole website is on curriculum reviews. If you haven't checked it out yet, you definitely want to check out Kathy's website. It's very, very helpful. She also has like quizzes where you can narrow down what you like from each style and it'll help, you know, help you pinpoint what will be the best fit for you. And so if you're kind of new at this and if you're starting out, especially with a kindergartner, my best advice is to keep it light, keep it hands-on, enjoyable, you know, let them embrace their natural curiosity. Don't get bogged down with tons of workbooks. You'll definitely love our conversation about the wild and free homeschool we did with Ainsley Arment back on episode 86. So you can find that at 41more.com forward slash 86. And then also check out our episode, The Ultimate Guide to Homeschooling Kindergarten, which is episode 123. And so there's a lot there for you, but I don't want you to get stuck, especially if you're a new homeschooler, feeling like you have to have a little mini public school at home. You really can break out of that mold because for most kids, it's not a good fit. And I want to give you permission, not that you need it, but sometimes we just need to hear it. Okay, I do have permission to break out of school at home. I don't have to do things the way I was schooled back in the day in public school, right? you can feel free to break out of that. And that's what I love about eclectic homeschooling. It feels like freedom. It feels like I'm not stuck with any one style. I can really change things up for each kid, for each year, for each season, for each subject. It's really kind of like a big puzzle. And every year looks really cool and different. And that's what I love about eclectic homeschooling. So if you want to learn more, head on over to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 177 and download our essential guide to homeschool methods. Thanks for joining us today. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling. Happy homeschooling.